Need an extra hand with dinner? Just ask your connected home device to fill your pasta pot, and Delta Faucet Voice IQ technology will fill it with the perfect amount of water. Visit deltafaucet.com slash voice IQ to discover more. Since the end of World War II, the United States and Russia have held over 30 summits. But the leftist media would have you believe that Trump meeting Putin is treasonous. With his indictments of Russian spies on the eve of the summit, Robert Mueller has removed all doubt that the special counsel is a political hit job. And after watching what's being called the greatest World Cup ever, I'd just like to say again that soccer sucks. With these stories and more from the Nationalist Perspective, I'm Jim Dawes, and this is America First Radio's Daily Brief. Thank you, and welcome to America First Radio. This conversation never ends. You can follow us on Twitter at AmFirst Radio and friend us on Facebook at America First Radio with Jim Dawes. Then you can share it with your friends, start an argument, insult the host, and get early notifications as soon as these shows are posted. America First Radio is broadcast at 11 p.m. Eastern on the new Mojo 5.0 talk station on Dash Radio and on the Talk America Radio Network, the new dominant force in conservative talk radio. But if you miss a broadcast, you can always listen on demand at your favorite podcast directory or at our website at americafirstradio.com where you can find all the archives. Man, oh man, you know, I watched that... uh, that summit, uh, the press conference, uh, with the exception of uh, Trump getting in the weeds on the campaign again, which he always seems to do, uh, the statements that were made by the two leaders of the um, most nuclear-armed nations in the world between us, we hold over 90% of all nuclear weapons, I thought was reasonable, uh, tempered, and measured. Uh, and laid the groundwork for uh, an improvement in relations after a long uh, period of, of, frankly, very dangerous um, lack of communication. And so I listened to it carefully. I thought, well, that's a good first step. Uh, you know, it's not exactly uh, the high, highest level of diplomatic uh, uh, dialogue I've ever heard. But in his own way, Trump was uh, looking out for the interests of the American people, trying to uh, uh, preclude any confrontation, uh, needless or accidental confrontation with, uh, with Russia. And Putin, for his part, did the same. <laughs> and then afterwards, I looked at uh, social media and, uh, and the newspapers and the libs, the leftists, Democrats and uh, opposition media are just freaking out, losing their minds. Again, every uh, every every episode is always blown so far out of proportion, and and people run around with their hair on fire trying to outdo each other in their their uh, calls for denunciation of this president. And I guess I should have known better. I, I, we could have seen this coming. There was a chorus of these leftist lunatics in the lead up to the um, to the uh, to the summit, saying that uh, Trump should cancel it because uh, that Robert Mueller had indicted a dozen Russian spies for spying. <gasps> oh no! As if that was some surprise. Robert Mueller could have issued those indictments a year ago based on what, um, you know, the intelligence, uh, the CIA was saying. We don't know if what they're saying is true because these indictments um, are accusations and they will almost assuredly never be tried in a court of law. But the chorus were all saying that he should cancel the event, and they were, um, you know, they were trying to proclaim that Donald Trump, which is the first president in my memory, I, I, I think since 
since Ronald Reagan, who actually took actions that were, or has actually taken actions that are in the best interest of this country. But they were all, oh, you can't, he can't be trusted. He's a, he's a puppet of Putin and blah, blah, blah. Here's a, a, a taste of this sort of thinking from none other than um, George Costanza. I mean, uh, I mean, Brian Steltler over there at uh, CNN, he, I don't know how he has uh, been elevated to a geopolitical commentator, but uh, he has, uh, you know, everybody who um, can say, can try to one up uh, the other and saying something insulting about this president automatically gets airtime on CNN uh, MSNBC and sadly uh, the the evening news networks as well. But here's here's Brian Stetler's taken uh, take on our uh, president and his um, fitness to represent the nation, despite the fact that he was duly elected. One of the world's big mysteries: How will we know what really happens when Trump and Putin get together? Right now, hundreds of journalists are descending on Helsinki. 1,500 reporters from 61 countries have applied for credentials to cover the U.S.-Russia meeting. But they're going to have very little access to the key events. Putin and Trump plan to meet for a private, one-on-one conversation before official talks begin. No aides, no note-takers. So we'll never really know what is said. Because, really... Can we trust either man? No, we can't. So according to Brian Stetler, you want to talk about treason. You want to talk about anti-Americanism. You've got a a talking head on one of the major cable networks in the run-up to the President of the United States sitting down with his counterpart from Russia, the other nuclear-armed superpower in the country, saying that we can't trust our president. In the past, the U.S. president's words have projected power and shaped global decisions. What the president said meant something. It meant a lot. But not now. Not anymore. According to Brian Stetler, never mind that uh, this, this president is rebalancing our disastrous trade deals on the world stage, uh, forcing NATO to live up to its military commitments, um, reigning in the nuclear threat uh, from uh, North Korea that has gone ignored for so long. And now, despite all of these uh, braying dogs pulling at him, uh, trying to address the, uh, the, the world's greatest threat, uh, and that is uh, bad relations with Russia. What President Trump says is so frequently false or nonsensical that his words don't have the same meaning, the same power, the same impact as past presidents. Actually, they, they're, they've been spending all of the last week beating this drum that uh, President Trump was being too harsh and making statements that were uh, not diplomatic en- enough and, and uh, weren't couched in the same hushed behind, the, uh, behind doors tones. But now Brian Stetler is worried that we won't know uh, what uh, Trump and Putin say to each other. It's a shame, but it's true. Trump simply cannot be trusted. He has proven this himself time and time again. It's his own lies and his own contradictions that have proven it. And that is why this is a profound test for journalists. A profound test for journalists. What it is is a a profound illustration that CNN has become an anti-American propaganda network, a true um, enemy of the American people. Because I, as I said, uh, the, the greatest threat in the world today is the nuclear confrontation between the United States and Russia. Now, we could have solved this by now, but the military-industrial complex, after the collapse of the Soviet Union and the, uh, the folding of the Warsaw Pact, refused to uh, reap the rewards of, of our Cold War victory and instead insisted that we uh, continue to make Russia, um, you know, a geopolitical threat so that they could keep, um, you know, the, the dollars flowing into their 
um, into their munitions industries and uh, and their uh, geopolitical think tanks. And the same people that are saying, you know, Trump can't be trusted were uh, were the ones that were saying before, uh, during the campaign, that Trump didn't somehow recognize the threat of nuclear war. So uh, the president goes out and he tries to address, after two years of, of this bogus Russia gate, spy gate uh, hoax, he goes and tries to uh, 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 repair this relationship with Russia. And what does he get? He says, well, no, you can't go there. Cancel the meeting. Cancel the meeting. The same people were, that were saying that he didn't realize or didn't appreciate the threat that, uh, that the Soviet Union poses. I'm going to play you a clip here real quick. Uh, this is Trump and Clinton during the campaign. And in fact, his cavalier attitude about nuclear weapons is so deeply troubling. That is the number one threat we face in the world. And it becomes particularly threatening if terrorists ever get their hands on any nuclear material. So a man who can be provoked by a tweet should not have his fingers anywhere near the nuclear codes as far as I So I just want to give a lot of things and just to respond. I agree with her on one thing. The single greatest problem the world has is nuclear armament, nuclear weapons. Not global warming like you think in your... your so he tries to address nuclear um, proliferation and they attack him as being uh, treasonous. You can't win with these people. We'll be back right after these messages on America First Radio. So for the entire eight years under Barack Obama, this sycophant media heralded him as some diplomatic genius and was always in awe of his diplomatic prowess. While he advanced the ball on diplomatic issues of the big thorny issues pressing our nation, not one yard. And now that we've got a president that is actually engaging in true, true diplomacy, I would Admit, it is very blunt sometimes, but it is also quite often uh, very engaging. And he's, uh, he's engaging uh, the, the pressing issues for this country in China and North Korea and Europe and now Russia. They are all falling all over themselves to condemn this effort. And what they are is they're just uh, very spoiled Brats, and if you listen to some of the statements they're making, even by people who should know better, they're surprisingly ill-informed to the point where it's quite clear they've lost their minds. But uh, let's get to the meat of the, the summit. Um, Putin, as he likes to do, arrived late. He did this uh, to Obama several times, made, made Obama wait for 45 minutes, and uh, he's, he's uh, got a habit of doing this. Maybe it is a, a, he likes to think of it as a negotiating tactic. He tried that with, uh, with Trump. <clears throat> Trump did not uh, travel to the conference center. He remained in his guest house until Putin had arrived at the conference center, <clears throat> and then he made Putin wait. <laughs> and that's sort of the off-the-cuff um, strategy that somebody who has engaged in numerous, well, uh, too, too numerous to count negotiations like the president. And, uh, and what, what you've heard in the media is that uh, Putin made Trump wait. What you didn't hear is that Trump didn't play that game. He ended up making Putin wait. 
uh, at the conference center, but they met for about 90 minutes uh, and talked together. And then they had a working lunch with, uh, with their um, staff. And they talked about a range of issues, including uh, nuclear proliferation and uh, trying to address the refugee crisis in Syria uh, to keep um, more people from being displaced or killed. Uh, They talked about um, the Ukraine and uh, the president says they, uh, they had a robust discussion over Russian interference in our elections. Now, the, the media is totally fixated on that last one, totally ignoring the fact that uh, we have interfered in their elections as well, and, and we um, actually uh, overturned the duly elected uh, pro-Russian government in the Ukraine, um, which, you know, and, and we're interfering in their elections to this day, but uh, they like to act as if we've got some sort of moral high ground on this issue. What? What couldn't be said is that uh, if you'll stop interfering in our elections, we'll stop interfering in yours. Other than that, what really needs to be done is we need to assume that uh, Russia and other uh, foreign powers are going to attempt to interfere in our elections and harden our election processes. But I'm going to play you some uh, some uh, long clips now uh, so that uh, my audience that uh, spends time working for a living in order to put food on the table and a roof over your family's head can get a, uh, a feel uh, for how the, um, how the two leaders addressed uh, their remarks at the joint press conference. So, and we'll start with Putin who opened, uh, who uh, gave the first remarks. Negotiations with the President of the United States, Donald Trump, uh, took place in a frank and business-like atmosphere. I think we can call it a success and a very fruitful round of negotiations. We carefully analyzed the current status, the present and the future of the Russia-United States relationship, key issues of the global agenda. It's quite clear to everyone that the bilateral relationship are going through a complicated stage, and yet those impediments, the current tension, the tense atmosphere, essentially have no solid reason behind it. The Cold War is a thing of past. The era of acute ideological confrontation of the two countries is a thing of remote past, is a vestige of the past. The situation in the world changed dramatically. Today, both Russia and the United States face a whole new set of challenges. Those include a dangerous maladjustment of mechanisms for maintaining international security and stability, regional crises, the creeping threats of terrorism and transnational crime. It's the snowballing problems in the economy, environmental risks, and other sets of challenges. We can only cope with these challenges if we join the ranks and work together. Hopefully, we will reach this understanding with our American partners. Today's negotiations reflected our joint wish, our joint wish with President Trump to redress this negative situation in the bilateral relationship. Outline the first steps for improving this relationship to restore the acceptable level of trust and going back to the previous uh, level of interaction on all mutual interest issues. Well, the truth of the matter is this relationship was ignored studiously under President Obama. If you look at the history of these summits, uh, as I said at the start, I think it's been 33 summits that have taken place since... um, since the end of the Cold War. And if you look at the history of them, Ronald Reagan uh, met with Gorbachev um, eight or ten times in their uh, negotiations to establish detente and glasnost and to usher in the end of the uh, failed ideology of communism in Russia and to uh, free the satellite nations from, uh, from the Soviet Union. And if you're old enough to remember the two leaders walking arm in arm in Red Square, uh, that it indeed was a historic achievement that uh, opened the door to bring Russia uh, 
into the West, into Western civilization to make them a partner and really integrate them into Europe. But because the military-industrial complex and all of these um, foreign policy think tanks were so um, entrenched in absolutely requiring that they have a uh, an enemy in the Soviet in the uh, in Russia, the former Soviet Union. They could not let it go and began to agitate Russia by pushing uh, NATO uh, up right up into to its borders. After promising during the uh, the reunification of Germany that they would not do that, they broke their word. Even then, Russia welcomed uh, Western advisors, most especially from the United States, to, uh, to come over there and show them how to establish democratic institutions and conduct fair and free elections and to, uh, and to um, transition from communism toward a free market economy. Even then, Bill Clinton ended up um, backing Boris Yeltsin, an alcoholic uh, that was weak because uh, the West believed that they could uh, take advantage of Boris Yeltsin, and that is, in fact, exactly what they did, allowing uh, the rise of the oligarchs to uh, take control of the formerly state-owned industries in the Soviet Union. And it was, it was the disillusionment with that experiment that allowed the rise of the former KGB officer Vladimir Putin and his calls uh, to return to nationalism and, uh, and try to defend the honor and the sovereignty of Russia. It was a historic missed opportunity. It's not too late. The, as, uh, as Putin said in those remarks, the real issues uh, that, um, that are keeping the two nations apart are, are minor and artificial compared to the, the great battles of ideology and expansionism that we, uh, that we conquered this uh, Soviet foe in the Cold War. But you saw last week, NATO is absolutely reliant on keeping Russia as uh, an existential threat so that the United States will continue to uh, pay for the defense of Europe. They don't believe that Russia is a real threat. If they did, they would not have built their new NATO headquarters out of glass, and, and Germany wouldn't be uh, trading with the Soviet Union. So these, uh, these current um, tit-for-tat, you know, we, we interfere in the Ukraine, they interfere in our elections, we, we try to uh, defeat Putin in an election, they, uh, they come over here and they, I think they, they thought that uh, Hillary Clinton was still going to win and they were just going to, uh, to uh, beat her up a little bit with these, um, with these leaks. But it's a, it's a terrible situation. When we come back from the, uh, the next break, we're going to play a long uh, clip of uh, Donald Trump as he makes his way through his opening remarks at this, uh, this summit. Uh, it's not the easiest thing to listen to, but if you uh, listen to it for its content, it's exactly what needed to be said. We'll be right back after these messages on America First Radio. President Putin on a wide range of critical issues for both of our countries. We had direct, open, deeply productive dialogue. Went very well. 
I'm here today to continue the proud tradition of bold American diplomacy. From the earliest days of our republic, American leaders have understood that diplomacy and engagement is preferable to conflict and hostility. A productive dialogue is not only good for the United States and good for Russia, but it is good for the world. The disagreements between our two countries are well known, and President Putin and I discuss them at length today. But if we're going to solve many of the problems facing our world, then we're going to have to find ways to cooperate in pursuit of shared interests. Too often in both recent past and long ago, we have seen the consequences when diplomacy is left on the table. We have also seen the benefits of cooperation. In the last century, our nations fought alongside one another in the Second World War. Even during the tensions of the Cold War, when the world looked much different than it does today, the United States and Russia were able to maintain a strong dialogue. But our relationship has never been worse than it is now. However, that changed as of about four hours ago. I really believe that. Nothing would be easier politically than to refuse to meet, to refuse to engage, but that would not accomplish anything. As president, I cannot make decisions on foreign policy in a futile effort to appease partisan critics or the media or Democrats who want to do nothing but resist and obstruct. Constructive dialogue between the United States and Russia afford the opportunity to open new pathways toward peace and stability in our world. I would rather take a political risk in pursuit of peace than to risk peace in pursuit of politics. As president, I will always put what is best for America and what is best for the American people. During today's meeting, I addressed directly with President Putin the issue of Russian interference in our elections. I felt this was a message best delivered in person, spent a great deal of time talking about it, and President Putin may very well want to address it, and very strongly, because he feels very strongly about it, and he has an interesting idea. We also discussed one of the most critical challenges facing humanity, nuclear proliferation. I provided an update on my meeting last month with Chairman Kim on the denuclearization of North Korea. And after today, I am very sure that President Putin and Russia want very much to end that problem, going to work with us, and I appreciate that commitment. The President and I also discussed the scourge of radical Islamic terrorism. Both Russia and the United States have suffered horrific terrorist attacks, and we have agreed to maintain open communication between our security agencies to protect our citizens from this global menace. Last year, we told Russia about a planned attack in St. Petersburg, and they were able to stop it cold. They found them, they stopped them, there was no doubt about it. I appreciated President Putin's phone call afterwards to thank me. I also emphasized the importance of placing pressure on Iran to halt its nuclear ambitions and to stop its campaign of violence throughout the area, throughout the Middle East. As we discussed at length, the crisis in Syria is a complex one. Cooperation between our two countries has the potential to save hundreds of thousands of lives. I also made clear that the United States will not allow Iran to benefit from our successful campaign against ISIS. We have just about eradicated ISIS in the area. We also agreed that representatives from our national security councils We'll meet to follow up on all of the issues we addressed today and to continue the progress we have started right here in Helsinki. 
Today's meeting is only the beginning of a longer process, but we have taken the first steps toward a brighter future and one with a strong dialogue and a lot of thought. Our expectations are grounded in realism, but our hopes are grounded in America's desire for friendship, cooperation, and peace. So I thought that those uh, those remarks were dead on. Uh, they left behind these uh, these petty differences in the past. There's no real belief on anybody that's being honest that uh, Russia uh, decided the election. What uh, they did was expose the fact that the DNC uh, was actually um, trying to rig the primaries, and they they exposed the fact that uh, John Podesta and much of the Clinton staff engaged in uh, religious and uh, in racial and ethnic um, bias, uh, but you know uh, th- those those revelations uh, paled in comparison to the constant drumbeat of negative news that was coming out of the uh, the Clinton campaign, including her violations of the Espionage Act and her sale of uh, one fifth of Americans' uranium supply. I mean, she was a terrible, terrible candidate. Uh, and uh, they were they were overly complacent by thinking uh, thinking they were going to win. I can't. I don't, for the life of me, believe, and never will, that uh, Vladimir Putin actually wanted Donald Trump to win this election. Uh, their their economy is too reliant on exports of uh, petroleum and natural gas that uh, Hillary Clinton had promised to keep in the ground, and and Donald Trump had promised to unleash. But uh, when they got to the questioning from uh, the reporters, uh, one of the reporters asked uh, Putin about uh, the uh, the interference, and um, he responded in a in an interesting way that the president made President Trump made a reference to. Uh, here is his response to that question. We can meet you halfway. We can make another step. We can actually permit official representatives of the United States, including the members of this very commission, um, headed by Mr. Mueller, we can let them into the country and they will be present to this questioning. But in this case, there is a there is another condition. And this. So what he's d- saying there is that if they want to come and question those uh, those 12 intelligence officers, that, the, that they're not going to extradite them, but uh, they're welcome to come to the country and question them along with uh, the Soviet Union. I don't, I don't think there's any sincerity behind that offer. I don't think uh, he believes that uh, Mueller or the CIA will ever take him up on that. And if they did, it would, it would be sort of a charade anyway. But again, uh, you know, the way you protect yourself from threats from foreign governments is not by begging the foreign government to stop that or, or thinking that, uh, you know, have unrealistic expectations that you're going to continue to carry on uh, your cyber activities, and they're going to uh, unilaterally disarm. What you try to do is to protect yourself. Uh, more, more from this clip. Kind of efforts should be a mutual one. Then we would expect that the Americans would reciprocate, and they they would question officials, including the um, officers of law enforcement and intelligence services of the United States, whom we believe are who have something to do with illegal actions on the territory of Russia. And we have to um, to request the presence of our law enforcement. For instance, we can bring up the Mr. Mr. Browder in this particular case. Business associates of Mr. Browder have earned over one and a half billion dollars in Russia. They never paid any taxes, neither in Russia nor in the United States. And yet the money escaped the country. They were transferred to the United States. They sent a huge amount of money, 400 million, as a contribution to uh, to the campaign of Hillary Clinton. Well, that's their personal case. Did you hear that? 400 million. Now, I've yet to uh, validate this claim, but it uh, it is, it is uh, stunning, to say the least, that Vladimir Putin would allege that uh, William Browder and the oligarchs that he absconded with all of this uh, uh, this cash without paying taxes on it uh, donated four hundred million dollars to Hillary Clinton. Uh, uh, by tomorrow's show, I will have nailed that down for you. 
But if that is true, that is quite a revelation. But uh, this is interesting, so I'm going to finish the clip and then we'll comment. It might have been legal, the contribution itself, but the way the money was earned was illegal. So we have a solid reason to believe that some intelligence officers accompanied and guided these transactions. So we have a, an interest of questioning them. But we can all, that could be a first step, and we can also extend it. Options abound. I just wonder if there is anything to that $400 million. That is a huge huge amount of money even for the uh, kleptocrats that are the uh, uh, Clinton uh, Clinton Inc the Clinton crime syndicate but uh, you'll recall that that is uh, that is the uh, dangle that uh, fusion GPS and uh, Valenitskaya uh, tried to um, to approach Donald Trump jr with um, I don't know if they ever uh, bandied about a number that big, but uh, that was that was this whole Browder controversy. Um, and Fusion GPS, uh, the the role of this uh, this so-called investigation agency that is really just a smear machine that was deployed against Donald Trump, and I think they've also deployed uh, that same smear machine against this uh, this William Browder. I heard him on. Uh, on Glenn Beck's show this morning, he uh, he is absolutely convinced that uh, you know he is being persecuted by the Russians. But I've yet to hear him answer, uh, you know, about this um, this four hundred million dollar donation to the uh, Clinton Inc. or about uh, not paying taxes on a, a billion and a half dollars in Russia. If that's true, then it is worthy of uh, further examination. But after the news conference, old John Brennan. Uh, the guy that voted for uh, a communist uh, for president and uh, was uh, is reported to be an acolyte of the Muslim Brotherhood who somehow burrowed his way into our CIA and became the actual director of the CIA under Barack Obama and attempted to subvert this last political uh, campaign. He, uh, he took to Twitter and accused the president of treason saying that, uh, that, uh, this was what this press conference and this, this, uh, summit amounted to were high crimes and misdemeanors and Trump needed to be impeached over it. When we come back from these messages, we'll take a, a, a closer look at John Brennan and talk about just exactly who is guilty of, of, uh, treason in these matters. Is it Donald Trump who's trying to avoid nuclear war? rebalance our trade agreements, uh, get NATO to defend itself, disarm um, North Korea? Or is it this guy that uh, over at the CIA that's been behind almost every negative act uh, that's come out of that agency in the last 16 years? We'll talk about it when we come back right after these messages. After that press conference, the uh, the leftists and the uh, opposition media fell all over themselves, accusing accusing Donald Trump of treason, because he had pointed out uh, that uh, there was no collusion, there was uh, no proof of collusion that uh, that these were uh, bogus charges, and that this uh, this whole investigation was politically motivated. Uh, he, he said that he won the election fair and square and that the political establishment in Washington, D.C. just wasn't able to accept it. And that was what was behind this special counsel. Well, the left were just falling all over themselves, uh, accusing him of treason. It's just one uh, thing after another. What it does is it illustrates just how childish these people are. They don't even understand the word treason. There is no war going on. The president of the United States is conducting foreign policy. You may not like his foreign policy, but he is the man that was elected to conduct it, and he's conducting it as he uh, thinks is best for the United States. 
And so you've got this guy, um, William Brennan, who there is almost, there is, well, there's no doubt that he tried to use the intelligence agencies to subvert the presidential campaign of Donald Trump. He is, uh, he is bitter about it. He engaged in uh, all sorts of nefarious activities when he was a CIA uh, director that I think he would like uh, not to be uh, closely examined. But he took to Twitter and he says, Donald Trump's press conference in Helsinki rises to and exceeds the threshold of high crimes and misdemeanors. It was nothing short of treasonous. So this guy was the director of the CIA, doesn't understand what the term treason means unless he assumes that we are somehow at war with Russia. I guess they, they consider this hack an act of war, but the president is the one that uh, uh, gets to make a motion for Congress to declare war. There is no war going on to the extent that the Russians are interfering um, you know, in cyberspace with the United States. We're doing the exact same thing. But this guy, um, William Brennan, is is actually engaging in the sort of uh, subversion and uh, what's uh, sedition that he is accusing the president of. And when you look back at just who this guy is, he was there at the CIA that uh, missed all of the cues that would have prevented 9-11. He was there making the case that Iraq had weapons of mass destruction and required that we invade and occupy that country, that uh, just a disaster that's caused, uh, cost thousands of American lives and literally trillions of dollars of American treasure while at the same time destabilizing the Middle East. He and the other establishment people were there uh, when China was allowed to become a military and industrial superpower because of our misguided uh, trade policies with them. He apparently had nothing to say about NATO uh, not uh, taking responsibility for the defense of Europe. I'm not sure if he was there, but he was... Um, uh, part of the establishment uh, that took us to war against Serbia and allowed a, a another Muslim nation to arise in the heart of Eastern Europe. We bombed the Serbians, who were the historic defenders of Christendom. And, of course, it's this, uh, this establishment, uh, you know, that was all rallying around trying to call, uh, call Donald Trump, a, you know, a, a, a traitor that engineered this economic collapse that allowed George W. Bush to shovel trillions of dollars out the door from the Federal Reserve to Wall Street just a little over 10 years ago. Jeb Bush weighed in. He, uh, he, he, he just couldn't keep his mouth shut. 16 years after his brother had a had a uh, administration with nothing to show for it, except for the invasion of Iraq and uh, and 9/11 and the economic collapse, but this uh, this fraud, David Brennan, uh, uh, William Brennan, he weaponized the CIA to attack Obama's political opponents uh, po uh, opponents. He kissed up to the enemies of the United States, including the Muslim Brotherhood. He voted for a communist for president back in the 70s and has destroyed the reputation of the CIA by using it to, to uh, advance his warped belief of, of what America should be. And I'm, you know, I'm all for people questioning Trump's decisions or even his ability, his abilities as a politician. But really, when you watch his actions, you really can't question that he's got America's interests at heart. 
He's working to, to address the mess that the establishment has created, this, this two-party duopoly that, uh, that governs our country. And he's doing it at great personal cost. The, the, the headquarters, the political appointees over the FBI and the CIA did far, far more to, to um, illicitly influence this American election than Russia did. So if you're mad at uh, Trump, but you're not mad at the CIA and the FBI, then you're not being honest. And the media, you know, they they act like they're uh, they're indignant over this. Well, as long as we're talking about collusion, how about the almost 95 percent of negative coverage of Trump during the campaign and in his uh, his uh you know, uh, first years as president, how about, how about the same media colluding with the Clinton campaign to share debate questions and clear reporting before they went to press? They've lost their minds, ladies and gentlemen, they truly have. And why are these people so eager for war? Because really, they, they don't have any alternate to what they think Trump should do. They just want to attack Trump himself. And they want to try to ride these, uh, these insults uh, back to power so that they can continue their platform of identity politics, open borders, and, and tax and spend you into oblivion. And they, they don't mind, it appears at all, getting involved in more of these stupid useless wars because guess who they're sending to die in these useless wars. They're not sending these urban elites, the people from their gated communities. No, they're sending Trump voters over there to die in these useless wars. I think the president, with the exception of getting uh, sidetracked again, talking about this campaign at the press conference did a good job today. Treason, if you want to talk about treason, is selling a fifth of our uranium reserves, uh, reserves to Russia or purchasing a, a phony dossier sourced to Kremlin um, misinformation or giving billions of dollars on pallets to Iran. That's treason. Allowing them to become a military super, or a nuclear superpower meeting with Putin and trying to uh, establish relations to, uh, to keep a lid on the nuclear threat, that's not treason. That's just exercising your responsibility as president of the United States. But everybody that hated Trump yesterday will, will hate him today and even more so. And all of, all of us who are glad that we have finally broken the stranglehold of the establishment on our, uh, our foreign policy and our trade policy and our immigration policy and our tax policies, uh, we're going to be there with them, and, um, and that's just the way it is. Well, if you had any doubt whatsoever that this, uh, this Mueller special counsel uh, was a political hit job, Rod Rosenstein should have dismi- or dismissed all of those, uh, those beliefs when, uh, when he went uh, two days before the summit, went to the microphone and indicted 12 um, Russian intelligence officers for hacking the election. But that's, that's the one thing that uh, Mueller seems to be really, really good at, is indicting people, Russians, who he knows that he will never, ever have to prove to be guilty. It's a, it's a neat little trick if you can pull it off. You bring these charges against people that will never come to court, so you never have to prove your allegations, and you've got these, uh, these idiots, um, politicians, and talking heads running around saying that there's evidence that Russia subverted the election based on unproven allegations in these indictments, and it allows Mueller to look like, oh, yeah, there, there is something there. 
there was no if even if you believe the allegations contained in this indictment, there was no reason for them to be uh, pursued by a special counsel. That that's what the National Security uh, Division of the Department of Justice is for, and that's where these charges were were transferred immediately after they made this big show of an announcing it right right in the run up to the uh, summit. And maybe there these charges are right. I don't I don't I'm not buying it yet. I still believe. Uh, that these uh, these weren't hacks. If they were hacks of the DNC server, the, the DNC would not have uh, been so determined to keep Mueller and the investigators from ever looking at the servers. But I, I really don't care because they will never have to be proven. And as the old saying goes, you can indict a good prosecutor, can indict a ham sandwich before a grand jury. And that's exactly what Mueller has done once again. He's indicted a ham sandwich and made a big political statement of it trying to wreck this summit. Well, that takes us to the end of this edition. I want to thank you for joining us and invite you again back here tomorrow on Mojo 5.0 and Talk America Radio. As you make plans this season, consider convenient COVID-19 testing from Quest. Get the same test hospitals use without a doctor visit. Simply order online, select from drive through or at-home options, and get the results sent securely to your phone or computer. It's a great fit for your busy life. With over 20 million COVID-19 tests processed, you can count on Quest. So order your test today at questcovid19.com. That's questcovid19.com. This episode is sponsored by Schwann's.com. What are you having for dinner tonight? Hmm, good question. Schwann's Home Delivery has a solution for you. Stock up your freezer with high-quality frozen foods like premium meats and sides, delicious ready-made meals, ice cream, and more. No subscriptions, no memberships, just a friendly yellow truck that's been delivering food for almost 70 years. Listeners of this show get a special deal. Get 20% off your first order with code YUM20. Check out schwanns.com backslash yum for details.